Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Conversations with Christopher. With world-renowned psychic, spiritual teacher, and healer, Christopher Reburn. Visit Christopher on his website at www.reburn.org to schedule a private reading with him, view tour schedule, his spiritual audio CDs, and much more. Whether you are a spiritual beginner or a spiritual warrior, Conversations with Christopher is geared towards your continued spiritual learning and development. And now, please welcome Christopher Reburn. Hello, everyone. Thank you for being here today. And we're going to work. In, we're working on a new audio to shorten that girl down a bit because that's 53 seconds. It goes on forever. Listen, we're so happy that you could join us today. Um, we tried. I tried to find the morning show intro that we used to use. I couldn't find it on my hard drive. So. Here today with me is one of my dearest friends, sister friends in the whole wide world. I'm talking about the Paranormal Research and Resource Society founder. Uh, she's the CEO and president of everything, pretty much. I mean, she pretty much can do it all. And she's one of my bestest, dearest friends. And she goes all around the country sharing with people the truth about the paranormal, not what they want to hear, perhaps, but the, really the truth of the matter. She's dedicated her entire life. There's, this is really the best of the best today, friends. It's probably her 50,000th time on the show. We don't keep count anymore. We just love spending time together. Without further ado, let's bring her on. Let's welcome 22-time People's Choice Award nominee for Best Dramatic <laughs> Female in a Paranormal Series, Miss Jenny Stewart. Welcome back, girlfriend. Oh, thanks for having me. That was great hanging out with you. I always try to work on you. I know you always look for a big intro and stuff, so I'll bring out the full band, 78 trombones and everything. This is the best. It's always the best. Always, always fun. Well, welcome back. You know, today a lot of people always come to you, and they, you know, they always ask us about, you know, places to go, haunted locations, paranormally active locations. But before we kind of get into that, I'd like to take just maybe a little bit of a five minutes to – to educate some people before they go, because some people will hear the show and they will want to go to these places, and some of them may be rather uneducated about the do's and don'ts. What do you think is the most important thing people remember before they just go to an active paranormal playground, as you call them? Well, if you're not feeling 100% like you're under the weather or you're on any kind of like really strong medication that maybe alters, um, you know, your your perception, don't go investigating. You know, there'll always be other times, but, you know, don't go canceling it because you're, you're really setting yourself up to go into a very active location and get hurt, you know, or mm-hmm. bring something home to you. Mm-hmm. And, and you've dealt with attachments, and they're not pretty, and they're not very easy always no. to, to get away. In fact, you were featured in The Haunted, which we were talking about before we went live, which, you know, really detailed the, the family struggle of, of what happens when you go 
into such a paranormally active place and you are kind of uneducated to a lot of people want to see ghosts and stuff but i think a lot a lot of people they they really don't think they're going to experience anything and then they go and then whoops they those ghosts go home with them sometimes and that's not always a good thing and sometimes they don't leave very easily either no no they don't sometimes you uh you know i'm still working a case that uh you know five years in but they're still you know they've still got things going on in their house and you know it's for not only them uh actually you know going to an investigation and stuff to follow them home but they actually brought items home with them and that's another mm-hmm. thing you know when you investigate don't ever remove anything from the property ever unless you're a member of the warren family <laughs> yeah unless unless you know you plan on sending you know, john's advocacy intelligence don't send it you know don't go looking for you know things to send you know it's because uh, mm-hmm. it can be dangerous it really can't be um I know um, we've got we had dealt with uh, some investigators in the past that you know had done elected the you know Henryton with us Henryton investigation that had found uh, you know souvenirs as I said from Henryton and it's like no 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 you do not take this stuff home with you period right and that's that's really good advice because some people think well let's just see what this is worth or let's see what happens yeah, so, yeah. you know people sometimes they'll say oh, it'll never happen to me until it does right and then it does and then it really really does and you've had some really hard cases and and things that we've talked about mutually with different clients and friends that have had ordeals friends if you're listening to us if you've just now joined us you're listening to uh i'm your host christopher reber with my dear friend jenny stewart we're talking about haunted locations here uh in america and in a future show we'll do an international version to focus on places that you know that are overseas in other parts of the world um those of you that are on my facebook and jenny's facebook and uh the blog talk there was a picture that we used for the for the promoting of this particular show and it was a hospital that is very very close to your heart it doesn't it's it's not in existence anymore but bring us back to Henrington and why that how that changed your life and changed your belief it changed everything really for you to be in such an active environment how does Henrington still what does it still mean to you today Oh, God, I think I still have. Even though building's gone, I think the energy there, I'm still, like, really deeply connected to it in, in a mm. lot of ways. Um, just when people say that name or they talk about, you know, the energy that was there, I, I get really choked up. I still do. Um, mm. It was an African-American TB hospital that was opened in, in 1923. Um, and, you know, around the country at that time, you know, uh, TB was very, very – you know, um, it was it was an epidemic. It was very widespread, and they did open mm. a lot of, you know, buildings that were segregated. But what was so different about this one? It, it was originally called the Maryland um, Tuberculosis Asylum uh, Colored Branch, and mm-hmm. what was different is because it was it was segregated away from the you know the main Maryland TB hospital. It was put in the woods. Um, it was in an area where uh, they were very isolated, um, and you know, a lot of people didn't really question that because they were, you know, fearful of TB, so they wanted them to be isolated. But it was in an area where, you know, it was very difficult for family members to actually come and visit or check up on their loved ones or anything like that. So a lot of times, what happened was the patients would be dropped off, and that would be it. They would they would never. You know, the families would never see them again, talk to them, because they couldn't come back out there because they had to come by train nine times out of ten, and they didn't have the money. Mm-hmm. Right. And during the, the you know, the 
we we did a six months uh, very in depth investigation yeah. there, um, digging through medical journals and, and different documents. We discovered that the patients in that hospital was actually established to utilize it. The patients basically as guinea pigs, um, and that was one of the very first things I heard when I went into Henry Yeah, an African American male said we were used as guinea pigs to find a cure for the white folk. And in an essence, that's what it was. And one of the doctors that found the antidote, later, you know, the antibiotic that treats uh, TB, actually mm-hmm. was a resident at Henryton. And so it kind of all makes a full circle. But I think I think that for Henryton, me opening up as a medium, I think, oh, yeah. this and all that, and then, you know, mm-hmm. having the attachments and, you know, because I had done Waverly Hills. I mean, I had done it for years. You know, I'd already done that and, and experienced the TB, you know, hospital per se. Yeah. But there was something about Henryton that just really kicked my butt. And, and still there you today. Know, it was, still with you today. Yeah, even today. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even today. I tell people it was probably yeah. one of the most compelling, next to the haunted case, it was the most compelling, you know, case in my career. And ultimately, the haunted oh, yeah. episode stemmed from Henryton. So it all kind of yep. played full circle. It was a full circle moment as well. Mm-hmm. And it's something that uh, that a lot of people still remember you for. And, and of course, whenever you know, you're know you on Haunted, we always tune in and watch it for the millionth time with that famous eye roll of yours when they ask you, <laughs> you know, what's your name and say it again. But um, um, I it was about it the was, 15th time I said my name. So I know, I right? Know <laughs> it just kept going on and on. It was a long, it was a long day, and they kept asking the same questions oh, and stuff. But mm-hmm. it was so much fun to watch that. Um, I want to talk about a place that took solitary confinement to a brand new level when it was built in the early 1800s. Um, prisoners lived alone. They exercised alone. They ate alone. When an inmate le- when an inmate left his cell, a guard would cover his head with a hood so he couldn't see or be mm-hmm. seen. The prison had to abandon its solitary system due to overcrowding from 1913 until it closed in 1970. Although the forms of punishment did not get any less severe, chaining an inmate's tongue to his wrists, using that as one example. The site now welcomes thousands of visitors every year for both its museum and ghost tours. Reported happenings still include disembodied laughter, shadowy figures, pacing footsteps. I'm talking about Eastern State Penitentiary in Philadelphia. And you've been there, haven't you? Only once. I've only I've only experienced that one one time and I've always said I wanna go back because, you know, it, it is a very the energy there is very heavy. It's it's really, really heavy. And it, and if you go in knowing, you know, the history, you know, the full history and you walk in, it is really heavy and it's it's mm-hmm. It's incredible, and it's. I, I tell people it's not a place that if you haven't, you know, become somewhat of a, a not a novice, but you know, you've you've done some investigating. Jump on there as a beginner if you plan on going in and actually doing a ghost investigation, because you know you you may you know really get traumatized at that place. Mm-hmm. So it's not a place that you should go for your first investigation ever. No. No, not at all. And that's something I'm mm-hmm. glad that you mentioned because I think there's a lot of people listening that want to go to some of these places. So if you're if you're just now catching us, if you missed the first few minutes, please 
go back and listen to the first few minutes of the show today because we gave some really good guidelines and pointers on what you should do before you go to these places. Built in 1796 by General David Bradford, this place is considered to be one of America's most haunted sites. The house is rumored to be on top of an Indian burial ground as home to at least 12 different ghosts. Legends and ghost stories abound, including the tale of a former slave named Chloe, who had her ear chopped off by her master after she reportedly was caught eavesdropping. She got her revenge by poisoning a birthday cake and killing two of the master's daughters. But then there was, but then she um, was hung by former slaves in the end. Uh, Chloe now reportedly wanders around this place wearing a turban to conceal her severed ear. I know this is one of your favorite places. We're talking about uh, Myrtle's Plantation in Louisiana. I've never been though. It's one of my favorite places to research. I know. I've never been. And it's just and people talk about beautiful. it all the time. People talk about it all the, the time. In a lot of the history of that location, believe it or not, it's been misconstrued over the years. Um, you know, you go and talk to the people that have, you know, resided in that area all their life. You know, we're talking generations of families. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they'll tell you that that's not, the, that's not how it happened. That's not the story. Right, then you, right. You know, might talk to other families, but there is definitely something there. I think that, I think in all locations where it is, you know, there is the historical documentation of several, you know, lots of several, several, several slaves, you know, lots of them being mm. um, held prisoner in the location. And, and you had maybe a not-so-nice master that, you know, um, that, you know, like had people that did his, you know, beckoning that would, you know, abuse these uh, slaves and things like that. They're just real cruel. You find that there's that energy imprint that is still there because mm. it is so traumatizing. It was so traumatizing to them. And I always say the more brutal, the more heavy, the more traumatic the, you know, the energy is that's imprinted, the longer it lingers. And so I think there you have a lot of residual, you have a lot of, you know, activity, and it is definitely, you know, one of my places that it's on my bucket list. Definitely. We need to do it together, I think. We need to go there together. Road trip. Hashtag road trip. (laughs) There you go. We'll go experience it together. There you go. I think so, too. I want to stop the show right now and send a big, big, big shout-out to my friend, uh, Daryl, in Nova Scotia, four-year-old Daryl, who's listening to the show, who's so faithful to listen to every show. Um, so, hey, Daryl, lots of love and keep fighting those ghosts. He's a big old ghostbuster in Nova Scotia. and loves spirits and energy. So we're hoping that uh, he gets a big kick out of this, this, this shout-out today. Um, you know, as Myrtle's Plantation in Louisiana, I also want to talk a little about, about New Orleans because that's the, the, the times that I've been there have been very, very, very active. And I actually mm-hmm. – uh, knew of somebody who knew the owner of the uh, Delphine Lollery Mansion, uh, which Ooh. was somebody who, um, those are the people that don't know, she had slaves. She had a beautiful mansion in, in the French Quarter, and it was rumored that she tortured slaves, and she kept them confined with dingling body parts and swapping genitalia from different slaves and doing all these weird surgeries. And, crazy you know, there wasn't <laughs> crazy stuff, and some of it mm-hmm. could have been, you know, who knows what the, what really did happen. But um, I went there. I also went to uh, Marie Laveau's house. And I'm telling oh, you, yeah. there's some very, very active places um, in New Orleans. And 
I'll never forget the first time I was there. The, the, the tour guide said, don't go down in this neighborhood after dark. So what do you do? You go down in the neighborhood after dark when someone tells you not to. <laughs> and there were actual vamp- people practicing vampiris- vampirism, vamp- if that's a word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's a, I think it's an awesome. Uh, what do you think about New Orleans, the city of the dead, the people that are still there that have been there for hundreds of years? Well, you think about how they treat their, you know, their deceased. I mean, they walk down the middle of the street and, you know, the old time, you know, play the music. And it is a city that's very, very rich in, like, voodooism, um, Mm -hmm. different types of Mm -hmm. magic. So you go to a location that has a lot of doorways, a lot of portals, and that's a place Mm -hmm. which would be, you know, New Orleans is that because you have so many people that are practicing um, and, and there it's an everyday, you know, it's a way of life. You can walk down one street and there'd be 15, you know, palm readers and psychic readers. And, and it's just very embraced there. And that's because that's so much of their heritage and their, their traditions and things. And so it is very, that place is, the energy there is very different than any place mm-hmm. else in the country. So it's, oh, I, and I so think agree with you. So agree and with I think you that on that. They do. I think that the things that they do, the the different rituals and things that, that are are done there, I think is what draws the different energy in. I think it's why it feels so different. I think so too. I mean, when I was there, I felt like some of the energy was almost being constantly summoned, you know, just yes. for that for for, yes. for certain people to experience. It's a beautiful city, and but it, it it's when I was there both uh, three times. Boy, it's certainly overwhelming, too. I mean, it's the first mm-hmm. time it was like, oh, gosh, after I was there for an hour, I really had to lay down. I mean, I really did have to take it's a nap. Mm-hmm. It, it really does. It really does. Um, the Battle of Gettysburg was one of the bloodiest in American history, with somewhere around 50,000 young men dying in a three-day conflict. And many of these soldiers never received a proper burial. And many believe the souls of these men now wander the field to look for their weapons and uh, camaraderies. We're talking about the Gettysburg Battlefield in Pennsylvania. And a lot of people have visited there and have had really profound experiences. Some Mm -hmm. people have went and had no experiences at all. What do you think about a place there like that, where there's like a massive war and a lot of deaths in a very quick period of time. And especially when they're not given proper burials and how the, how the dead really sometimes can't rest because of that. What is your thoughts about that in Gettysburg in general? And, and I, you know, I was blessed. I was 30 minutes from there for quite five years, and I've been to several events there. And I remember the first time I actually went to Gettysburg, um, going – there's a, the road, the main road runs between um, the, the battlefield. You know, you have battlefield on each side of you. And I didn't realize where we were at. And the energy shift. I literally pulled the car over because the energy was so strong going through there. I almost took when I had a headache. It was just so strong. And we had went to this diner um, there in town, and John's after school with us. And we were talking outside, and we just were kind of walking around. And all of a sudden, I got really overwhelmed, I mean, very emotional. And I remember stopping uh, where we were at, where we were both building, and I said, it's just, there's just some intense energy here. It's almost like mm-hmm. forgotten energy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. John turned around, and he goes, Jimmy, this was a train station where they would load the bodies up for the trains to come through and get them. And it was really sad. It was it was sad that, you know, so many people had died there and you know, it's it's very sacred ground and you know, people that visit there really take it very serious. You know, you, mm-hmm. you go through and you watch some of the people um become very emotional, like reading the different markers and things like that. And 
being very, you know, I won't say that they're, everybody's going to have an experience there, but I think that anybody that goes there with the right intentions, not to investigate or anything like that, but goes there just to pay homage and show their respect, you're going to feel the energy. You're going to feel it. Yeah, I agree with you. I completely agree with you on that as well. And and being so empathic as so many of us are, yes, of, of course, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard not to cry. It's hard not to be emotional when you feel oh, so many people were so wrongly killed oh, or yeah. so abused. So it's it's very, very, very hard. Uh, for one of our last, uh, we've still got about 10 minutes, so let's, we'll do a two or three more more places and talk about. But right now, we're going to West Virginia. This place well, opened its doors to patients in 1864. And in the 1950s, this West Virginia facility reached its peak, housing more than 2,500 patients, even though it was only designed to hold 250. The Mm -hmm. overcrowding led to inhumane conditions, lack of heat, uh, and convalescents kept in cages. Patients started acting increasingly violent, from starting fires to attacking staff members and the lot. The asylum finally closed its doors in 1994, but the souls of some of the patients are said to linger. Ghost stores are available for those wishing to see how some patients lived and died within the cramped halls of the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum in uh-huh. Weston, West Virginia. This is one of your favorite places. I know that. Well, I passed it. You know, every time we came home, we go back and forth from uh, Maryland to Indiana, back and forth. We, we passed that area. And, you know, it was always really creepy, you know, to do that. But, yeah, it, it is a very – I haven't been there in a long time, but it is um, – Probably one of my top ten places to go. Um, it is very active, very, very, very active. Um, it's one of those places that no matter how many people come through there, you know, as tourists or doing investigations, uh, it doesn't diminish the activity. It, I think it grows. I think it feeds it. But there is so much activity there. I mean, so much. And there's been a lot of TV shows that have actually done, like, their live events there on Halloween. Um, mm-hmm. And I actually participated in one uh, back when, about eight years ago. Um, I actually was uh, a, um, oh, I can't remember think of the name, uh, Bernie and Years and Fart Year. Uh, <laughs> I was actually a consultant. <laughs> uh-huh. And, yeah, uh-huh. I, I was. Uh, available to consult because um, Christopher Fleming actually went in and was doing a spirit box um, session inside with the, the Ghost Adventures, and I was asked to be a consultant actually as far as you know the things that they were getting through the spirit box and you know any kind of uh, questions or things that they had going on with it. So that was really cool. But That's no, it's, it's a really cool place. Um, I know that there's been a lot of uh, changes in the last few years, and I think a lot of people have quit really talking about Turner Allegheny because of the person that owns it is not mm-hmm. um, not so nice sometimes. <laughs> so, well, great. Well, that's always helpful. Yeah. That's always really yeah. helpful. So, so it, well, that's one of my favorite places. It's one of the places I tell people that, you know, if you go and maybe take a tour of it with a historical tour, that's great. Right. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of hard anymore to get in as uh, to do the investigation, from what I understand. Yeah, well, and I've heard similar things in circles as well of that. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a movie out recently about this place, uh, starring Academy Award, Tony Award, Emmy. She's won every award because she's wonderful. I'm talking about the beautiful Helen Mirren, and we're talking about the Wester, the Winchester Mystery House. Might be one of the most disturbing construction projects in history, following the death of her husband and child. Uh, Miss Sarah Winchester, wife of the rifle maker's son of Winchester Rifles, was informed by a seer 
by a psychic that her family was killed by the ghosts of those who died from the family from her family's guns um, that they you know they built the guns and the people died mm-hmm. and the ghosts came back to haunt her to keep away the vengeful spirit she commissioned the Victoria Fun the Victorian Funhouse turned macrobay dwelling that you see today. And some of the creepier features include staircases that lead directly into the ceiling, doors that open into brick walls, and windows that can take you to secret passages. San Jose, California, Winchester Mystery House. I know you've heard of this place. Most all people okay, all yeah. have. What do you think about this place? I think I think there's so much there, and, and, and I think she's still there. I really do. I think she became paranoid. I, I, I think that uh, – I think that there was an act of haunting. I think there was something that was truly either attached to her or someone mm-hmm. close to her. And I think that she became so paranoid because yep, of attachment can cause paranoia. I think that she had such great paranoia, almost to the point of what we call maybe somewhat uh, uh, Skits, some, something schizophrenia. You know, yeah, mm-hmm, something mental. Mm-hmm. That she was trying to keep she thought if she did all this she'd keep the spirits away i think she was trying to save herself and i think um out of that she created this really impressive crazy house i mm-hmm. mean you know and one day i would love to be able to try to go through it i mean it, I, I would probably go mad myself trying to get through some of those you know oh yeah things, yeah. It, it was impressive if you think about it you know, if you think about it, especially in that era, how impressive it was for her to do what she did. I mean, it was really impressive. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree with you completely. And I agree. I think that she was paranoid and stuff, and, and there was just such a big mm-hmm. house. When you have so many rooms and, and nothing to fill, you know, it kind of can be a little bit weird and stuff. But I think mm-hmm. she was a she was decent to, they said, to her employees and stuff like that. So, so that's good. It's always nice when people are kind and things. Yeah. Um, those of you that are, that are listening. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. And everybody that wants to see the movie, it was a decent movie. I mean, for what it was, I thought they they did very very well with that. Um, I want to talk briefly about. We only have about four minutes, so this is going to, have to be very brief. About the Amityville um, house, mm-hmm. and I can't really. We're not going to have time to do. But I was a bad boy because we didn't live awfully too far from that place, and me and a friend broke in one time. And, of oh, course, wow. this is well past the legal um, ramifications of breaking and entering. The, 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 you know, this was years and years and years ago. Um, but it definitely was very frightening, and I definitely feel that that house is still very much active and alive. What do you think about that place? You know, you have different owners that go in there and claim that they don't have any, you know, yeah. there's, there's nothing. I mean, there's people that yeah. look even at the Haunted in Connecticut house, they say the same thing. Um, I think that it is, I think it's like our house in Maryland. I think it lays dormant until the right family moves in. And then it, it, you know, it looks for those weaknesses and it starts to attack those weaknesses. But I don't think it's going to be haunted for every single person that lives there. I agree, I and I think that, that I think and, and some people wonder, well, why do some people have it and some people don't? I think it's being open and being accessible to that, and you know, right? I mean, just being open it to it. And, it has right. the the negative yep. look for for those outlets, like whether they're having depression, you know, and there was a lot of that in that family. You know, they had a lot of different things going on, and they and evil entities look for that, and I think that's what that house holds, is something evil, and I think it looks for a family that carries a lot of weaknesses and, and loopholes that it can, you know, punch through and start to, you know, isolate people and things like that, and I think that if you have a family that's not experiencing it, then they don't, have, you know, they have a Good. little bit for them, they life can be peaceful, at least, thank mm-hmm. God. <laughs> yeah, it's still there, it's just dormant, it's kind of like yeah. hibernating. 
Right, exactly. I think that I think so too. And more when we have more time, I'll, I'll definitely share more about that experience of of committing breaking and entering when I was about eight years old or so. <laughs> uh, but those of you that have listened to the show today, please be sure to if you arrive late, please be sure to catch the archive bit about we talked we went right into it at the beginning of the show to talk about that the do's and yes. don'ts of paranormal investigating because we both have had some really you know, very, it's not annoying or, it is kind of annoying and aggravating, especially when somebody deliberately, you know, goes and does things and, and uneducated and they know. But I think it really is, it, it beats down to the, the people think, well, it's never going to happen to me until it does, right? Exactly. Yeah, kind of? I agree. Yeah. Yeah, people don't believe this is oh, it's not real. Or some people have that that mindset of, and eh, maybe 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 there is paranormal, but yeah, I don't know. I don't think it really exists. And then when they get their butt kicked or something happens, then they're like, oh, it's too late. Yeah. That's so true. That's so true. And um, and I think that I'm glad we did this show today because the the listeners have requ- requested that we talk about some of these places yes. and stuff and, mm-hmm. and a lot more, but we'll we have to even, do a part two. We didn't even two. Hit, hit all of them. We didn't even no, are you kidding? We had many, 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 but uh, <laughs> we'll definitely do a part two of Most Haunted yes. Locations Live uh, again later this year, and we'll do an international version at some point as well when Jenny and I have time to get together and go over some international, destina- international haunted locations uh, to speak yes. about and stuff like that. So, We'll definitely uh, keep this this going, and this is the first time we've done a show this year. It certainly won't be the last, but it's always such an honor and thrill to be with you and a fellow People's Choice Aww. Award nominee. <laughs> I love you, TV. I'm going to have to get that. you one of those made now, you know. They can, you can make some awards <laughs> no. and stuff to give you one now. But um, thank um, you for always coming back and spending time with me. I love you with all my heart. I love you too. It's always a pleasure, and I I love being with hanging out with you and sharing you know these crazy stories. So yeah. great being here. And they are crazy, some of them, but they're real and they're honest, and and that's what we do. We're truth seekers, truth tellers, and and not everybody's gonna understand us or get us, but that's fine because there's plenty of people, respectful, good people who do, thankfully. Amen. So that's the people we're talking to today. But as always, thank you for joining us, Jenny, and thank you to all of our listeners who always come out in big numbers whenever we're together. Thank you for listening, and thank you to Daryl and everybody for being huge fans and supporters of our show, and thank you again for making it awesome today, Jenny. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. And as always, friends, take care of each other, and uh, we're going to be back together again real, real soon. And I have a wonderful guest coming on next week to talk about her gastric bypass surgery. We're going to have lots of more fun stuff coming up. Thank you, everyone. I love you. Reburn.org for more information about me. A big hug. Thanks a lot, everyone. Bye for now. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.